Um, so today we're going to carry on talking about trust and faith and trust. And we're going to start with a few things that we said last week. And then I'm just going to share a few kind of my own practical ways of growing this. So this is what we said last week. We said that faith is standing and declaring. Faith is getting out of the boat. But trust is sleeping in the storm. Trust is being at peace, even when it's not sorted. For me personally, faith is seeing the unseen, like I said earlier, declaring it, believing for it. And sometimes Sunday morning, I see faith rising in me. But then trust kind of, I can see the lack of trust throughout the week. I, trust is being at peace when I don't know the details. And I get lost in the details. I want to see and know how it will pan out. Therefore, I, lost, I lose trust and I go into logic. I want to know how things will pan out. I want to see them. I want to plan them. I want to, you know, get the plan details from God and be like, what about this? But that's not trust. That's my own logic. And last week we read this verse that said in Proverbs 3 verse 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart and on your own understanding. And this is a beautiful verse. And, you know, it looks great if you print it somewhere in your house and you have it and you read it and you remind yourself. But more often than not, I don't trust the Lord with all of my heart. And I end up leaning on my own understanding and my own logic and my own agenda and my own thinking. Why? Well, I tend to lean on things that I can see, things that I can touch, things that I can trust because of history and my own background knowledge. So I must grow my trust. I must not lean on my own understanding, but on God's understanding. But how? Because we said this, faith is a choice. I can choose to stand now and declare things I might not quite feel. I can choose to pray. I can choose to shout them. Because I, I've already been given a measure of faith. I have faith a little bit inside of me. Knowing or not knowing, it's there. It was placed within me. I can activate that faith by standing, declaring, believing. But trust must be built. Because I can choose to say the words, I trust you. But my heart and attitudes would, an attitude will give me away. Especially when we grow in relationship with people. You know, that can be friends, spouses, spiritual fathers and spiritual mothers. They are human themselves. And I'm a, and I'm a human. So, uh, can we put them? <laughs> Some people might be wondering. <laughs> For my husband watching at home, I am a human, darling. Um, can we put the next slide up? We said this trust must be built, but it takes effort, vulnerability, and honesty. Those are words that sometimes are like, ooh, effort, vulnerability, honesty. Yeah, trust must be built, but it doesn't just happen. God has placed, and I love the theme of this morning was we need one another. Because God has placed people in your life. People we can trust and people that can show the Father's love. People we can grow in relationship with. But the truth is, you also might have come in contact with throughout your life people that haven't experienced that. That haven't shown you that. Because they have their choices. And God doesn't take choice away. So sometimes you might have met people that don't show love, that don't show loyalty, don't show trust. But I know in this house we have people and God has placed people in around each one of us. People that we can trust and people that can show the Father's love. And people that can show 
and help us see the Father's love. You are not designed to do any of this on your own. We need one another. We need to follow, and we're also meant to lead other people in every small or big sphere that you are a part of. In every small and big sphere that you are a part of, you are meant to follow, and you are meant to lead. And I don't mean lead as in be over somebody and uh, rule them, but be ahead of somebody else and show them, because you have been shown something. So trust is a choice, but it's a choice that gets easier as we have more evidence. The more we can see, the more we grow in our trust for one another. For example, a few years ago, uh, my husband Matthew offered to help me cleaning with the cleaning around the house, something I loved doing. And at that season in our life, I had a lot of time. Uh, and we lived in this tiny apartment, and it took barely no time to clean. And I really enjoyed doing it, but he really wanted to be involved. So I said, okay. And he asked me, oh, which room or jobs do you want me to take off? And um, I was like, oh, I thought about it. And um, I proceeded to tell him what I wanted him to do. And then I proceeded to tell him how to do it. Uh, to which he replied, it's okay, darling. Trust me, I can do it. <laughs> and I was like, of course I trust you, darling. But I didn't actually deep down trust. I was shadowing him, making sure he does it how I do it that he doesn't forget that spot or he sees that stain and I was making comments and I was making hints because even though I really wanted to trust, I even said, I trust you. When it came to it, my heart and my attitude gave me away because I didn't trust. And no amount of saying, I trust you, will make me trust. Trust must be built and it takes sacrifice and hard work. So the first time I found it really hard I had to choose to step back and put things in place to help me. But I couldn't just choose to trust and that would be the end because trust needed proof that Ma was trustworthy in this area. Which he did. And with each time I saw the proof, the more my trust grew. And not just in that area because now this person was becoming trustworthy to me. And not just in the cleaning area, I had trusted what he said he would do. Because I saw it in this area, and this area, and that area. And this person now was becoming trustworthy. And that's just a small example. But, you know, some areas needed a bit more work. More stepping back from me, and more proof that I could trust. But nonetheless, trust was built, and carries on being built every day in our relationship. And carries on growing. Because trusting and growing in trust is so important. And it brings so much peace. In trust, you can sleep in the storm. You are at peace. You can't sleep in the storm if you don't trust. It takes a whole level of trust to be so at peace to be able to sleep in the storm. But once you walk in all the things you have faith for, then you can stay there. Because God wants you to have the faith to walk into everything that he has for you, but he also wants you to have the trust to stay there. You might have faith to declare a job and have faith that you will get it, but then you might doubt most days if you're good enough, if you deserve this, if you can do this. That takes trust into every day. Yes, I can do this. God has placed me here for a reason. Let's read in Matthew 14, verse 25. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. 
Come, he said. Then Peter got out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. That is faith. Peter had faith to get out of the boat and walk. He had faith that who this ghost person said he is, he was actually him, and he got out of the faith. What are the things that you have faith for? What are the things that you might have not have faith a year ago, but you have grown into faith, and you're seeing and declaring? Do you know those things that you have faith for? Because it's important to know. It's important to identify those things. It's important to know that a year ago, you couldn't even quite say amen to some of the things. And now you're like, yes, I can. Yes, I have this. And we're moving in faith. But if we carry on reading in verse 30, we read this. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, why did you doubt? This was lack of trust. Doubt. The faith got him out of the boat, but lack of trust made him sink. The faith sometimes gets me very fired up on a Sunday morning or when I am with someone and we declare and we pray, but the lack of trust makes me sink when I'm by myself. The lack of trust makes me doubt when the voices come in at night when anxiety comes in, that is lack of trust. The faith got me all fired up and all ready. But then sometimes the lack of trust makes me sink. And I want the faith, but I also want the trust to be in it. I want to stay in the float, afloat and I want to keep making steps on water. So how do we grow this trust with people and with God? Well, I believe it's just that, growth. And growth takes vulnerability, honesty, openness, sacrifice, and it takes some effort on your side. It takes effort on my side. It takes effort on each of our sides. When you first start walking with someone and the Lord, you are at the beginning. You don't really have much history to go on. If you think of the beginning of any relationship in your life, you know, it's different from where it is now. For me personally, I kind of have like this, you know, those yellow legal pads in my brain going on at all times and it's split in two reasons to trust and reasons not to trust and at the beginning of any relationship the list for reasons not to trust is pretty full and the other one is empty because I don't have any history to back it up or refer to Um, I'm the type of person that I go with all the reasons to why not to trust and then I kind of have to go on to the relationship some people go on to full trust and then they balance out but Wherever you come from, you have some, this thing, not trusting and trusting. Why? Um, Because I'm human, which means I've been let down in the past. And sometimes, more times than others. And last week we read this verse in Mark 10, verse 15. Tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. We said that we must become like little children when it comes to trust. If I think about sometimes when I'm home with my son, he's two, and he hears a noise, and he scares him, he turns to me, Mommy, what's that? And he's scared, and I can see it in his eyes. And as soon as I explain to him what the noise is, as soon as I, he sees I'm okay, and he's, that I'm not scared, he's at ease. He's like, oh, okay, well, Mommy said it's fine, so there must be fine. She's fine, therefore I'm fine. Why? Because he trusts me. He trusts me that I can keep him safe, that I have got him. He trusts that what I say is the truth. He doesn't question what I say because he trusts me with all his heart. A child that has spent time in a loving, supportive environment 
is trusting because he has no background knowledge of trust ever being broken. But even that child, or any other child that grew up in a not-so-loving environment, grows up and life kind of happens. And with every disappointment, we add up things mentally to the not-trusting list. First time a friend tells you they'll play with you a break and they don't, not trusting. First time you get let down and every single time after that, your mind creates this list unconsciously at times and you take it out every time a new situation or relationship comes up. You know, you want me to trust you with my secrets and things that I keep hidden in the dark, with my insecurities and my fears, with the things that make me anxious? Well, let me consult my list. And you take your list out mentally. Mm, let's look. That's a no for me. I'm not going to trust you with that. Because as you can see in the past, I've been hurt. I've been misled. I've been lied. I've been betrayed. I've been manipulated. Look, right here. It's on the, on the list. And history does not lie. So, and you want me to trust you? That's what we do. That's what we do sometimes. And maybe not so wordy, but it's what the background and what past letdowns do to us. So, if you have anyone in your life that you've allowed to speak into your life and you started sharing, that is a great thing. Let's just stop there for one moment because we said that growing up and life happening, we've all been let down. Yeah? Can we all agree we've all been let down at least once this week? We've all been let down more than once. Sometimes so badly that you're like, how can I ever trust anybody ever again? So if you have anyone in your life that you've allowed to speak into your life and you started sharing, that is an amazing thing. Because it means despite the world and your past, you have allowed someone to access to your life. You have given them the gift of your trust. That first step, trusting someone, even God, with your emotions, your feelings, your fears, that's a big thing. And you must give yourself credit for that. That is a big thing. There are plenty of people in this world knowing what you know and saying, no, I'm not going to do it. Why should I let myself get hurt again? Why should I trust this other person for the millionth time? Why should I trust this God that, by the way, I've never seen or heard, that they will give me? There are so many people. So this first step, trusting somebody and God with your emotions, feelings, and fears, that is a big thing. Everything in our society tells us not to. Do it on your own. You can do it. Be your own person. You don't need anybody. You're on your own boss. You know, who, you need, who needs this person? You do you. You know, if someone tells you something that you don't like, you just leave them behind and you do you. That is what society tells us. That is what everything online and in magazines tells us. But like I said earlier, we need one another. We need one another to go further to go faster. Um, and sometimes we do the same with God. And with, you know, prayers answered, prayers not answered. And that mental list we have going on with God keeps fluctuating. How is it going this week? Well, last week, he didn't quite answer my prayers. Hmm. Should I keep praying? Should I not keep praying? Um, Adam did a really good teaching a few years ago, months ago, about prayer. So go back and read it. I'll find you the name and put it online. Because it was really good about actually, when you think God didn't answer what you might think, actually God didn't answer why you wanted, how you wanted, in the time you wanted, with the person you wanted. So, but it's a very good 
reminder of what we, what we say when we say things, God didn't answer my prayer. So maybe at the beginning we need to listen to other people's lists, to their testimonies. When we first start walking with someone, they share their stories of trust, how God worked in their lives, and that gives you something to go on. I remember when I first um, came to church and people were like, oh, let's share testimonies. I felt like I don't have testimonies, even though I did, because God has always been good in my life. But in my head, I was like, I don't have testimonies. But you listen to one another and you, you get uplifted and you get encouraged when someone says, you know, like this morning when we heard to listen to one another, that gets you uplifted and encouraged that God is working at all times. The more you trust God and this person, the more evidence you have to trust this person and God. And then we start our own journey, our own relationship with God and with one another. You go on and you might be hesitant and you might test the waters, but with each victory, you've got something to add to the trusting list. When I feel worried and anxious, what does my list tell me? That God was always there for me. That he never let me down. That even when people and situations were bad, he was always there. That even in the darkest times, he was my father. Even when I didn't know him, he knew me. I remember one time, Matthew and I, a few years ago, we got this bill. And it was a big bill. We just moved house, and I don't know what happened with... Anyway, we got a big bill for something. And I just went like... Well, I'm not going to say what I say, but I was very worried. And Matthew was like, darling... Let's just think about, let's look at all the times before when God has provided. And we could have gone on this journey of, we can't pay this, we can't do this. How are we ever going to do this? But God, Matthew really pulled me and it was like, okay, he fixed my eyes on every time that God has provided for us. And every time we were not let, you know, alone. And I'm like, oh, we're going to be on our own. How are we ever going to solve this? And then that there was added to those lists. And I went back and I consulted my list. And surely enough, God was always my provider. God was always there for me. So then I was like, yeah, I don't really know how we're going to do this. But I know God is my provider. And a few years ago, I didn't have much to go on, but now I have more. And I'm going to add this situation to the list. And now a few years on, I have so many things to reasons to trust God that he's my provider yes I still freak out at times yes I still because you know I'm still learning to trust him with all my heart but I have more on when I feel uh, worried and anxious what does my list tell me what does your list tell you you know it's the same with people in relationships as relationships grow you have more to go on than their word you have history you have trust and you have trust built and you have trust grown Yes, sometimes people make mistakes, and it can feel like trust is broken, which is deeply painful. But if we're going to walk in trusting relationships, then we need to be prepared for that. We will get hurt at some point. We will not live up to our expectations. People will not live up to our expectations at times, and then we have a choice. This is not something that I'm saying lightly, because you all agreed earlier that we've all been let down. And people will make mistakes and we will get hurt at some point but I think we need to be prepared for that because we can't really shield ourselves from that unless we'll never trust or talk to anybody but then you are living a very lonely life because you can't shield yourself from that but we have a choice do we choose to ignore all the trust that has been built up and acknowledge that this person is human like me 
and take the risk in relationship. There is nothing simple about this and each situation is deeply complex. But one of the things I have learned to do is to look at the person's response after they have made a mistake. When this person got something wrong, did they still love me? When this person got something wrong, did they apologize? Did they repair it? Did we get closer after because of the communication and openness and vulnerability? If the answer is yes to those questions, then, give, then it gives me some confidence to go on with that person on carrying on growing the relationship and growing in trust. Of course, if they keep making the same mistakes and keep making the same apology, then I have to start thinking, you know, I have to ask some serious questions about the relationship because we all might know that person that is so good at apologizing and so good at saying it, but not so good at doing something different over and over again. But if you can answer yes to these questions, it gives you confidence to go on with that person. Let's put the next slide up. The key questions can be if they make mistakes or not, because we all make mistakes. We are humans. I make them, you make them. But perhaps one of the key tests is in the repair. It's the same with me and my son as a mom. I can't put my value if I'm a good mom or not a good mom if today I've lost my patience or if today he spilled something. The, the key is in the repair. How do we repair that? How do, go, do, do we go on? And I know I have people in my life that I can say, yes, they're human and we made mistakes and sometimes they said this and they didn't mean it or they said this and hurt me, but did they still love me? Did they apologize? Did they repair it? Did we get closer? When John the Baptist doubted Jesus, what did Jesus do? Let's read Luke 7.20. This says, when the men came to Jesus, they said, John the Baptist sent us to ask, are you the one who is to come or should we expect someone else? At this point, when they asked him this question, Jesus was healing people, doing miracles, and he told them to go back to John and just tell him to look at the signs, to look at what Jesus is doing, not what people were saying about him. Because Jesus' actions were the evidence that they could trust who he said he was. It wasn't the words, it was his actions. Because there's always doubt that comes when we grow trust. Doubt is not the opposite of trust. Doubt is just normal. We are human. Our background tells us, oh, question this, question that. But how was Jesus with him in his doubt? After John's disciples left, Jesus went on to speak highly of John. The same John that doubted him. The same John that needed some extra evidence. In verse 26 and 27, we read this. But what did you go out to see? A prophet. This is Jesus talking to the people. Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is, one, this is the one about whom it is written. Jesus spoke highly of him. Jesus didn't rebuke him. He loved him even in his doubt. When people, sh- when people show us the heart of Jesus, even in doubt, ours or theirs, then we know this is a relationship that is worth growing. Take my relationship with my husband, for example. Do you think at the beginning I didn't have doubts? Will he really love me forever? Will he love me if he knows this about me? Will he love me if, I, if this happens? Will he stand by my side when that happens? So I asked the questions and I got an answer and then I saw the answer and I went on to build the relationship. And as time went on and relationship and trust grew, and now I don't need to ask 
as much because I have 11 years worth of list that I can pull out and remind myself. Sometimes the conversation doesn't need to go further than my mind because I know and trust that person so well that I know what they would say. But that was built and didn't just happen. At the beginning, I was asking a lot. You can ask my husband. Bless him. Do you love me, honey? But what if this would happen? Do you still love me? What if we end up with having no money? Would you still love me? And those conversations happen out loud. And he would remind me. And then I would see it. And the years would go by. And I would see it. And now, if ever a shred of doubt comes in my mind, I'm like, no. I'm not even have to go and say the questions out loud. Because I know the voice of that person. And my, my mind responds and replies with that voice. Same in my relationship with God. At the beginning, I was frightened. I was anxious. I felt alone. Will God still love me if he knows this? As if he didn't know until I told him. Will he still think that I'm his precious daughter if I do this? What about after this? What about when I lose my faith and feel really low? There were times when I was like, oh, no way will this person and God still love me if they know this. Again, God knows about it, but in my head, he doesn't know until I say it. And every time, and the answer is, and will always be yes, because the Father loves me. And he knows about everything. He knows even about the things that he's not very pleased with, that we'll do next week. And he still loves me. At the beginning, I needed reminded. I needed reassuring. I needed to hear it. I needed to hear it from the word. So I read a lot. I needed to read it from people. I needed to hear it daily. And now I have some background and I've grown in some areas and I know more and more that my God will provide because I have so much to look back on and say, yes, he provided when that happened and then this happened and that grows my faith and that grows my trust. I still have a way to go. I still don't trust him with all of my heart, at least in some areas I don't, but I keep going with him and the people around me, they show me his love. I keep going with them. The relationship grows, the trust grows, because I want more. I want to know him more, and I want to trust him with all of my heart. Not because if I don't, I'll be in trouble, or not loved enough, or punished. No, none of that. I want to keep going, but because all of it is my benefit, for my growth, to bring me life. And once I walk in this life, I can give it out, and that is what I'm meant to do. To receive all this love, life, love, everything, freedom, and walk in it, and then give it out. And I believe we are all meant to do that, wherever we are. And therefore, this takes effort, vulnerability, honesty, openness, sacrifice, hard work, at times feeling pained, but keep going, because... God has placed, and I know in this place, in this beautiful house, we have people that can come alongside. And we heard in the testimonies, and we hear in testimonies all the time in this house. And I am so blessed when I hear of people that show God's love in all different ways, in all different areas. So thank you for that. Thank you if you are a person that comes alongside, alongside somebody. And thank you if you've been blessed. And sharing it, because when we share it, it just helps to remind ourselves that God is with us. This morning when I heard Margaret, I was like, yes, that is great. It wasn't me. 
any of those things. But nonetheless, she didn't feel alone. Nonetheless, she received what God wanted her to receive. And that is great. And that's why it's so great that it's so many of us here. Because, you know, we couldn't, one person couldn't do it all. But we encouraged. Um, I just want to say this. So you can be left with this. So, if you have anyone in your life that you've allowed to speak into your life. And you started sharing. That is a great thing. Because it means despite the world and your past, you have allowed someone access to your life. You have given them the gift of your trust. And now you need to build it and grow it.